Welcome to Front Row Geeks. I'm gonna have some water. I should go eat. Lord. Ah, that's refreshing. Hi, everybody. Podcast time. Gilly, where you? Gilly, she. And remember that the Greek uh, alphanumeric knew. Oh, yeah, good point. Was we're fancy here, so of course it has to be Greek alphabet. Incidentally, I'm playing God of War right now, so I'm I'm in tune with that. I was actually thinking Gundam, but I mean, doesn't really matter that much. I mean, they're practically the same thing. <laughs> There's no blue in uh, Kratos's uh, color scheme. Nor do Kratos have uh, a, like a backpack that has a giant flying laser shields. No, though, not yet, not yet. He does, but and then you guys have a shield. relationship with fathers and sons. That so oh, yeah, getting get there. Yeah, oh, is there dead mothers in Gundam? Yeah, probably are, but it's not really a thing that's focused in the first series. I actually know it's specifically noted that uh, Amaro's mother is alive. Uh, no, that I'm now thinking of Zeta. Okay, well Zeta's different. Everybody <laughs> dies in Zeta. A lot of everyone goes die in Zeta, especially on screen. Everybody knows that Gundam and Zeta had nothing to do with each other. Nothing, not whatsoever. Nothing. What are you talking about? Um. Well, the first thing I want to talk about is Bioware. No, how about we? Okay, let's leave the game <laughs> stuff off second, so we can go in and all on that, and let's just do your entertainment watch for today. So, uh, how is this not a red out? Okay, okay, all right. I was okay. I was okay. Spider Verse. Yeah. Okay. I I saw Spider Verse on Saturday. Yes, with my my little, and yeah, it was fantastic. It's I want it to be like. Like Academy Award winning best picture movie, like it was that good. I think it's that good. It can be that good. Well, I think it's going to easily beat anything Disney made this year. I mean, it's so far, at least. Elemental comes out this year. <laughs> I don't care if I haven't watched Into the Spider Verse. It probably easily trouts as Elemental. I mean, probably. I mean, probably. 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 Definitely. I don't know. I I'm I mean right now it's breaking records and it's doing super well, but it also on his second weekend was second to the Transformer movie. So I I don't I don't know what what that says about it. Well, right? I didn't expect I Transformer movie to do any good, but it is really yeah. Well, Transformers usually has done well at least in terms of box office seating. So, but then again, it's a good question of whether people really want to come back if they don't hear good news about it. Yeah. Because one thing I've heard is it's a back to form to the Bayverse, essentially. In terms of design, uh, storytelling, the Transformers are in it as the sidekick. So, I mean, it is kind of generally the case for most live action stuff is that, oh, this is based off of an existing property. Oh, yeah, but... the Honestly, the Transformers is, was uh, unfortunately the IP where everything else is being aped from, essentially. Yeah, that's what you did there. But uh, I personally, personally speaking, I haven't seen a Transformer movie since the first one. The first one, really? I, I, 
I remember specifically we like went together. Not, like not even like just simply watching casually. Like, no. oh yeah, somebody brought brought over the uh, what's it called? Dark side. No, 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 mm -hmm. no, no, no. The thing where there's people talking over the movie. Oh, uh, Rift Tracks. Yes, the Rift Tracks version of it. Yeah, or something the, like that. Rift Tracks. Like I've you seen, haven't watched a single one. Like not. I've seen. I've seen scenes of the the third one. I think it was because it was playing at my that, uncle's house one day. Is that so the it, one with uh, Leonard and Moy? I don't remember seeing him in the movie. Well, uh, of course not. He's a transformer in that one. Oh well, then I don't know. I didn't actually sit down and watch it. Just saw it in the background. So like, it was in the it was playing at a local art house, and you're like, oh, that's neat. Move on. It's. It's nothing I've, It's not that I have anything against Transformers. Maybe I wasn't big, the biggest fan of them. Like I wasn't in. I'm not. A, like I don't yeah, dislike no. them, but they don't got me by the chain like other stuff would. It's just that, and even the first movie, I remember specifically. David, we went to see this together. Was a bunch of friends when that first came. I specifically didn't want to watch that movie, but I got outvoted. But I thought it was enjoyable. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was way better I than it was what way to, it, like what it was up against because it's like well, it was back in 2007. And I'm pretty sure it came out during the summer months. Yeah, uh, I remember exactly who we went with, but I forget what it was. What was up? It wasn't like Avatar, where I wanted to see the other movie that wasn't. It doesn't win from talking about at least a theoretically good movie, such as Enter the Spider Verse, into a theoretically bad movie. Series. Anyway. I, I was just trying to quantify how how good it is in some other way, because um, <laughs> I can't tell you details. Yeah, I not details, but it was a really good movie. It's like it had all the good spots. It. It's well animated. Like it's, it's well, yeah. I think that's the one thing that nobody can argue against it. Yeah. Like unless it actually screwed up on the animation. Absolutely not. Hands all around, home runs. It was just, which is so good, so good. And it's it was it was a crazy movie. It was wild what they did and how many things they crammed into it. But it didn't feel over overwhelming. What's run time anyway? Like two hours and something. Okay. Two hours plus. Maybe I was two hours and fifteen minutes if I remember, but I, I I swear I've heard some people that have watched the movie that they felt it was incomplete. Well, it is part one of a movie, but two part okay. so yeah, two hours and two minutes, twenty minutes. But even then, like there's there was still a thrill line. There was still a plot that resolved itself by the end of the movie. It's just there, that you could say that Miles' story, Miles Morales' story, is stretched across these two movies. You know. Uh -huh. The first one that released and the one that's coming up, but there was at least one other character that had a complete arc in this movie that was basically the the grab on to as a start and finish of that, which makes it a complete movie in and of itself. Okay. Anyway, yeah, whenever that becomes available to you all, I highly recommend it. Have you have you all seen the first one? Yeah, uh, I haven't completed it. Wor worthwhile too, definitely. Um, so yeah, that was a good time. Definitely recommend. And, and the next one comes out next year. So we don't have to wait too long. In fact, it's like less than a year. Comes out in March of next year. So be here before we know it. Um, and yeah, questions, comments, concerns with Spider-Man before we get on to some of the news items today. Not really. Mm, not that okay. in my mind. Okay. So this was, so what, so this one is about Bioware. This is what I wanted to actually open things up with, but it's a good transition before we talk about other gamey stuff. Um, I don't know if you all saw the news today, or even yesterday, but they re Bioware released a a Shepard statue in their merch store. Is but is this even important? Um, it's curious. I wouldn't say important, but it's curious. 
You ever seen it yet? I'm about to post a picture in our... our well, I presume it's going to be Femshep just because. And partially, yes, you're not correct, but that's not the weird, the weird part about it. What? Oh, I'm not correct? You are, no, no, you are correct. I said you are correct, but that is not the weird part about it, at least not to me. Okay, uh, that it, is a weird statue to choose from. So, Bioware released pre-orders for... They're making like a series of statues depicting major moments in the series, and the first one they're releasing is is Dead Shep, <laughs> particularly the Dead Fem Shep. I feel like there's better choices, <laughs> like maybe a Shepherd confronting uh who was the villain in the first one, like in the fir- very first mission, right? Like I could see that, or you know, uh. Shepherd standing at salute, being awarded, uh, being able to be a uh, whatever the term is. No, um, uh, is it God's Reaper? No, Spectre, Spectre, Spectre. Yeah, it's pretty sure it's Spectre. I'm going to a Spectre. I'm almost positive it's Spectre, but now I'm looking. Up. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like some uh, weird ghost wraith. Yeah, it's Spectre. Is there a Spectre? Okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> you may have thought of movie thing was crazy. Anyway. The statue went for $135 and there was a, a limited, there was going to be a limited quantity of 2000 be sold. Uh, as of maybe yesterday, maybe the day before, Bioware has pulled the statue because the rest of the internet kind of went, what the fuck are you guys doing? Why? But, okay. Ship. The what about the rest so of the much. internet? Uh, the problem isn't so much whose ship it is or whatever, because obviously they put a helmet on the damn thing. Well, I mean, yeah. Really tells yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Obvious. There's a couple of signs. <laughs> ah, but the thing is, is that it just seems odd to choose this in particular. Like, it feels lazy in some ways, just because it's like you're ch- just taking a statue and drawing it in a very strange pose. Like, seriously. The one's a choice. Like, the, the one people that I would expect them to make a dead body of a character is from soft but that's because it's like well half of the characters are dead by lore lore yes. so lore. so it, it, it's it's one of those like okay bioware why is dead femship yeah. a, a thing why are we doing this it's like why not make it an action pose it just seems tone death in a set way just because it seems so like maybe this would have worked better if it was like number four or five of this series so it's like, okay, right? whatever. I mean, I, like, start off strong with just simply, you know, shepherd combat pose. Yeah, and it's like, or if you're going to release it, why not both normal, sh- uh, like, male ship and fem ship? I mean, I'm going to just simply say this right here. This is sort of like releasing a figurine of shepherd socking the reporter and calling it iconic size from Dead's, uh, the uh, uh, series. So it's like, um... Okay. I, admittedly, I know a lot of people who would certainly ma- have a statue of that. Would love to have a statue of that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if Eddie's one of them, but... Here's where I come into this. Honestly, at first glance, when I first heard the announcement before I heard about the about the backlash and it being taken back, I went, weird, but meh. I would never buy this. I don't know who would buy this, but like it was like... Well, statue collectors. It, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I guess. You have any there's or pre-orders. It's just it is a weird choice. And actually, the more I think about it, because I, there was a part of me that was like, is it really that bad? Like there were 
There's people saying that the deaf was a weird choice. There's people say that why is it femship? Like, what are you guys trying to the angle there? Why it's a weird choice? Oh, and the oh, more I thought about it, it was like it is weird. I don't. If I were to have it, if someone give this to me for free, I still don't know how I'd want to put anywhere. It looks it, it's weird. Like, why don't I okay. want that? I, I think I found a corollary concept, but it's like so far out there that I'm not quite sure if it would actively be proper. No. Okay. This is something that I I myself never tried to do because like I hate dying in video games, but this is a weird corner of the internet like thought process of I've actually met people who killed Samus Aran in Super Metroid just to see her armor explode off of her. <laughs> I mean, okay. Yeah, I don't know if this is what that statue is for. But I must well, it, this one. It's less of it, it's less of like what this is for, but it's more of like I'm I'm seeing a potential crowd for it. Well, that's that weird. First of all, that's the reason why they're limiting down to two thousand people. Like, two, there's only two thousand units of this statue. Yeah. And how much did it cost? Like five hundred dollars. One hundred and thirty-five. So actually, the oh. price isn't that bad. Not bad. Yeah, one hundred thirty-five is relatively cheap. Like I was it's expecting just, this thing to be like. uh one third sized, but it's not in. I want to buy a dead ship statue price. It's like, the thing that you don't really want to put on top of the fireplace and have people come in and ask, "Why do you have like, a dead space girl on your yeah, place?" Yeah, like like <laughs> half the problem isn't so much whether she's dead. It's like why is she just sort of lounging? Yeah, because like, like they if they just that, simply don't know the that's the other problem. Yeah, this is a diner where you identify it as the correct. Point in the like story. Yeah, if this is a diorama or a wallpaper, maybe like there's like it'd be different if there was like explosion debris that states, oh yeah, this is when she died from uh the opening of Dead Space. To, uh, not Dead Space. Why am I thinking Dead Space? Mass Effect. Cameo yeah, was a cameo. Yeah. yeah, no, it's yeah, like just simply have floating a dead Isaac Clark above her. Well, there isn't much more to say. It's just that's what it was. Here, it's an odd choice. That's all. It it's not worth getting that worked up over it. Outside of just simply beaming on it. I mean, as you said, like it's one hundred and thirty dollars. It's not even all that bad for most statues. And how like how big did I'm guessing it's like uh, if it's one thirty, it's probably not even like anything larger than one seventh or one sixth. Yeah. Okay. It's so, <laughs> It is not like uh, FromSoft's Armored Core 6 core for the collector's edition where it, it actually has a model size. And it, well, I, it's actually fairly big. Just look at this well, statue and I go like... Uh, it's actually, if we're going to use Gundam terms, because it is actually being done by the division that does Gunpla, uh, Master Grade size. Well, Master Grade is usually 1 100th. Yeah. Not that big, but uh, oh, and again, I recently ended up seeing somebody do uh, a master grade sized uh, Oscar, the unit two uh, from what's the stupid third movie called or fourth uh, movie? You, you, uh, you cannot blah 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 blah. Yes, well, specifically the one, the final one where it's the uh, oh, the 50 50 unit, yes, okay. But it's like super huge. Like I was actually confused about it at first because I thought it's like, oh wait, didn't they already release this? Oh, it's gigantic. But anyway, uh, 
Anyway, uh, and what did you want to actually talk about? All right, so uh, Bioware. So when we recorded last week, the Summer Game Fest had only yeah. just started. So there was like, maybe like two or three other things that came up afterwards that are probably worth digging into. Like Lies of P? I don't know what that is. You have it on your wish list. Lies of, Lies of P. I don't remember what that is again. I'll probably put it on the oh, wish list. to call it these days. P Lies. You lie. Pilates. So lust. Uh, okay, it's a new Souls-like, like everything else, uh, except they released a full demo for it. Mm. Uh, it's sort of doing a weird uh, fractured material thing where it is a, you are clearly a warped version of Pinocchio, where you are wandering around a ruined city, a la, you know, Bloodborne effectively, and uh, you are, of course, a special puppet. Are you actually Pinocchio? Yes. Wow. Okay. Even That's... though I want to call him the, especially since how the character model is, I want to say him that it's the actor from Dune, the main one. <laughs> it really does look like him. Oh, wow. You're right. It does look like him. So. You're right. Confirming, I do have this on my wish list. I don't remember why, though. Probably well, because, oh, yeah, Souls like, sure. Yeah, but you, but you, you had, I mean, Souls like, Already, that's probably worth keeping an eye on. But you had me at at Pinocchio. Like I'm playing as Pinocchio. <laughs> that's hilarious enough to play. Uh, but I have seen some people play through a bit of it, and it's honestly one of the most promising uh, Souls like in a while. Oh. Uh, outside of an actual Soul, uh, well, outside of FromSoft, but you know, uh, I'm not e- trying to say like they're the only ones which can do this sort of thing but it certainly gets uh, captures a lot of the feel uh it's doing a lot of its own mechanics like uh it does happen to have a weapon durability system but it works entirely different from how it does in say dark souls and such where the idea is that you have a bar uh, essentially stating how uh durable or sharp your weapon is that naturally goes down with every subsequent hit and probably goes down faster if you end up hitting certain uh, uh, enemies or, well, I don't know about walls, but since <laughs> there seems to be some sort of like actual uh, collision detection questions going on. But anyway, the thing is, is that you happen to have a dedicated button to sharpen the weapon. So you can actually go back and uh, go back to full without having to worry about oh, going back to a bonfire or something like that. Uh, outside of that, there seems to also be a strong mechanic for about lying, <laughs> as noted by the title, and of course, oh. Pinocchio as a story. That's funny. I'm so actually gonna... one funny thing that they pointed out is that the loading screens or the loading bar, Pinocchio's nose. That's a bar. That's so. That's good. That's but overall, I would say it's very promising. It, has, it clearly has high production values. And whoever designed the combat at least understands what makes good Souls-like combat. So it's going to be different, but I think it'll be at at least a similar level of like Bloodborne. So. The only net con I'll give it so far is that this release date is hard. I'm going to be way too busy playing some other other grand games on September 19th. <laughs> okay, uh, Starfield, I'm guessing. Star- Starfield, yeah, and followed by. Um... A li- and in Liberty soon after. The weekend stretch. Well, that might be a bit before I get to it. Um, uh, yeah, keep an eye out for that, everybody. It looks interesting. Uh, let me go down the list of other games that we're talking about. Um, so, 
Have, you, have any of you guys actually played Flight Fable? The Fable games? Uh, I uh, played three, and that was it. I think I played oh, three. Well, I played a bit of multiplayer with three, and we broke it. Yeah, camera broke real hard. I actually can't remember if I've played one or three or both. Some combination of remake or two or whatever. It was definitely not the remake. I remember playing Fable early because it was one of those things that like got a lot of hype and a lot of attention back in those early days. Probably and it was either one or two. I remember that... it being enjoyable. I just nothing like I don't know. It just didn't. It didn't. I don't know. Oh, I never really thought of Fable as very good, especially from a lot of uh, post mortems. Essentially, about the gameplay systems and how broken it is, or how it's like uh, just like the as we stated, like the entire problem of Peter Molyneux over promising and under delivering. Right. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of that. I remember enjoying it, and I remember it being like a whimsical kind of world to follow along with, but that that's about it. It was a fun, create your character, play out a fantasy rook here and there a little bit, and call it good. Yeah, yeah, well. So I don't know where 4 is going to do any better. Or I mean, I guess 4 has been in, in the works for a long time, and people have been talking up for a long time, and it's one of the things that the Xbox showcases last weekend really put up in front. So maybe they're putting some real effort into it. And it's on Game Pass, so I'll probably try it at some point. But other than that, I'm not like waiting anticipation of this game. Okay. Well, neither am I. Uh, I like. I thought 3 was okay, but then it's like, mm, half that, not so much. But 3 was a long time ago. Well, we're talking about almost a decade ago. Over a decade now. Almost, oh. yeah. So they've, so they've really, this, this was at least. So I think maybe, the last Fable thing was like some sort of, weird move game uh oh yeah it was like something weird i thought it was like a board game on xbox live like you know it would be too surprised. i don't know but then again like anyway next thing yeah we'll see about that one um ubisoft is working on a star wars game which number one that was a surprise i didn't realize ubisoft had access to license star wars game i thought that was like all in ea's mouth but no here we are uh as far as I know, uh, since Disney is the one in charge of everything, they are trying to spread who has access to it. And while Disney has a exclusivity contract with EA, not so, uh, like, I'm pretty sure they're trying to spread it out because of... Well, that's actually a good question of whether EA still has the exclusivity contract because, like, probably when they signed that stuff, that was, like, almost a decade ago by now. Yeah. Because remember, they ended up having to cancel a lot of the Lucasfilm games that were going around. Like, uh, I forget what the one was from Naughty Dog. Was it the really anticipated one that was like you were like saw like it had like a preview and everything, and they would hyping it up as like this cinematic adventure in a different part of the Star Wars universe, uh, being huh? underneath this uh, uh, city. Naughty Dogging? What? It was a Naughty Dogging. I'm pretty sure it was a Naughty Dog. Well, it might not have been Naughty Dog. I know it had, like, the writer uh, from some of the Uncharted ones. Oh. So that's why I was thinking Naughty Dog, at the very least. Well, this one might fall through uh, because they ended up having to restructure everything. So (laughs) this one, I think, might be trying to do a similar flavor to that then because it's Star Wars Outlaws. So it's definitely very, like, bounty hunter, scum and villainy sort of thing. Uh, Star Wars game. You thinking thirteen thirteen? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, let's see here. Do, 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 do. 
I okay. Let me try and search up. Okay. Uh. Anyway, let's continue. Well, yeah. Now, so Star Wars that was I mean, the, the trailer. You had to look at it for yourself, but it looks really neat. Like the the at least the vi- visually speaking, it looks like they're going in a good direction. It's got a lot of like run and gun gameplay. Again, you'll be it looks like you're playing some sort of outlaw or bounty bounty hunter kind of thing, or maybe just an outlaw. I mean, by the name, right? And you can do battle missions. So, but it's very going to be that it might be that kind of gameplay, which I think is good. That sounds like that could be a lot of fun in a Star Wars field. That kind of run and gun espionage outlaw kind of heist game. I'm really looking forward to that. So it looks good. We'll see how actually how it turns out. You know, Ubisoft is doesn't always hit hit home runs, but we'll see what they we do with this. Um, well, I'm going to skip this one for later. We'll talk about Starfield later. Um, Alan Wake we already talked about. Final Fantasy we already talked about. Oh, Avowed. Speaking of RPGs, Avowed, they finally had some gameplay and trailers for this one, and this one looks like it's it's an Obsidian game. Yeah, but it's an Obsidian game where we're playing Skyrim. Which is fine. I mean, Obsidian... Well, okay. Of course, all the caveats in the world, because we know we can't trust anybody anymore these days, right? But Obsidian has a pretty good track record. And I think if they're working on this, from the looks of what saw the trailer, it looks like this could be a lot of fun. And I'm uh... down with it. Why is this relevant to you? Uh, 14 and Cyberpunk? Uh, I'm literally looking up at Avowed in my Steam. Oh. Well, well, that's why I said Skyrim. Like, quite literally, it's... Uh, I don't know. Nothing really spoke to me about it. I uh, would have to wait until after the reviews process. That makes sense. I'm, a lot of my excitement is, by the, is from where it's coming from. Like, I, I like what Obsidian does. And they've done. They haven't done me wrong before, so I'm looking forward to giving this one a shot. And if they looks as good as play, plans look good as it looks, maybe for a good time. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely well. No, there's guns. They've got guns in there. Guns? Cool. Uh, flintlocks, but uh, I'm not so sure if it's exactly Skyrim, but I, I am definitely going. I don't think MPX was trying to dry one to one. Next well, yeah. no, I'm being facetious in a bit, mm-hmm. but it's the fact that it feels like you're playing a singular character from a first-person perspective with probably a very similar skill tree or something probably more resembling the Fallout games than Skyrim, technically, but still. Yeah, Which, considering that I constantly see, like, two other people uh, joining up with the main character, I was like, that feels more like Fallout. Yeah, yeah but it depends on how you control them. Like, if it's just simply NPC bots. It's entirely different. If it's like Lydia. Or at the very least, I would like to see the control scheme. Like if you actually had like a squad-based uh, command system allowing you far better control over them, that it's no longer just simply ex- hoping the best out of them versus they just simply have higher immunity to traps because they can't be bothered to be coded not to step in them. Hmm. Uh, well... I hate to say this, Eddie, but after watching the trailer, literally, not not feeling anything about it. I mean, to each their own. It, it either interests you or it doesn't. Um, what's next to your... Yeah, the other two games I don't really know much about, but they were getting a lot of attention. A game called South of Midnight, which I'm not even sure what kind of game it is, but it's very... The whole premise is like American Deep South mythology and folklore, which I'll, I can but, dig that. That sounds pretty neat. But like, I don't... I don't. I didn't watch the trailer for this one, so I don't know what the gameplay of it looks. Like. It's by the We Happy Few developer. Uh, Compulsion Games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. and you know they have a pretty good rep. I just don't. 
Can't they're doing it very point. stylized, mm-hmm. uh, which, okay, it... It depends on whether they learned their lessons from We Happy Few, I think. Oh, well, I'd say at least they got the style good for this one because it's kind of weirdly copying um the Rankin uh the Rankin Bass uh stop motion animation stuff to a degree. Uh so so it's like this weird the animation is very jittery but in that kind of sense of oh this feels like something you could easily do with stop motion animation models or characters. Um Let's see. The blurb on Steam is South of Midnight is a new action adventure from Propulsion Games. Explore the mythos and confront mysterious, yeah, mysterious creatures of the deep south in this modern folktale while learning to weave ancient power, surround obstacles, and face the pain haunting your hometown. And, uh, yeah, if you are... It, there definitely is a huge inspiration from places like Orleans in this. That sounds neat. That's just sound, that sounds like a neat premise because that's, that's not one that comes up very often. It's funny. It's funny enough. Potential. Funny enough, the only time I can recall that coming up at all was in Fallout seventy six. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but I, I I'm looking at this going like it has really good potential and I like the style for what it's trying to do. I'm just worried that some uh, if people blow this up, it's going to blow up and not be good for compulsion games again well it all depends on how compulsion is coming forward as i said before it's a question where they learned their lessons from we happy few and but anyway what was the other one the other one was clockwork revolution which is a victorian steam oh that one that one i also heard a lot of a lot of uh, i i mean not a lot of hype i've heard some i heard murmurs that's what i was looking for this one got some murmurs it looked RPG, like it was pretty good. Uh, the only thing that I know really about it outside of obviously the setting is that it's going to have a uh, time reversal mechanic to it. Choices matter, apparently. Do we actually know if that is that experiment or is this the tag? Well, it's easy to say choices matter when you know that people want to hear choices matter. You could buy this game. That matters. You, you wonder what this is reminding me of? Weirdly? But... Um, Bioshock Infinite, like the uh, like the feel of it. Yeah, I know there's probably very little uh, connection between the two, but it's kind of got this weird night, uh, like early uh, early Americana feel to everything. Well, it's supposed to be essentially like a. I think they tried to use something other than steampunk. Like it's not diesel punk, but I forget what it looks. Pretty steampunky. It. The... Yeah, it looks pretty steampunky. I don't know. They might be trying to do something to at least differentiate themselves from the uh, stock stand brand of steampunk. It might be because they're leaning in a little bit into the Victorian era, kind of. Well, that's the, the steampunk era. This is supposed to be like actually going past the turn of the century, which technically is supposed to be when you start getting diesel punk. But try. We've already had this conversation. It's very difficult to actually pin a proper segregation point between these two things outside of one side has brass and the other one has stainless steel okay there's it's doing both actually well that's why i think they were trying to use a different term for it to demonstrate the sort of changing of the times like a lot of the artwork and things like that obviously demonstrates a sort of revolutionary era of like changing over from the aristocracy to much more of a middle class 
You're right. They are doing both. Question. That is interesting. Also, I don't, uh, there's also the possibility that I forget whether it's like going to be complex enough to perhaps have different areas and different uh, societies, essentially. Yeah, I, I think this is where the whole choices matter aspect comes in is because it it definitely in the trailer that I wa- uh, that I saw on Steam showed, oh, hey, here's where it's like, oh, so good. Every-. And then it's like, Roll forward to like the 1920s and it's uh, to the industrial revolution when steampunk starts moving over to quotations indust- industrial punk. That's a good term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can definitely uh, tell the shift there. It looks interesting. It kind of goes into this dystopian industrial punk look and it's like, mm, that's not steam, but that's not diesel either. So the, the, okay, the progression in their own world, which I like, I like the thought. Like, I didn't even say, mention time travel, and I thought it was, like, going to be, like, Sands of Time kind of BS, but now this sounds like it's going to be a little more than that. The, like, Ocarina of Time time travel? <laughs> that's, that's what it seemed like. It seemed like it's that kind of time travel. <laughs> uh, as for the company that's create, uh, that's developing it, In Exile. Oh, it's, uh, isn't the Pathfinder for folks? No, not Pathfinder. Uh, Ways in the Land. Is that what it is? Mm. Yeah, I, I'm literally, like, I clicked In Exile entertainment and wasteland 3 wasteland 2 the bard's tale trilogy torment uh everything else that that i remember mage's tale uh bard's tale might be what i know them for i guess because i can't look at the games developed and i don't recognize anything else well wasteland is interesting is because wasteland came before uh fallout because it's supposed to take place during a like after nuclear war and this was back during the like 386 and 486 computers mm-hmm. and then fallout came out and it's like they added their own way of handling it with their quirkiness and fallout became much more popular than wasteland um but then like when it looks like in exile revived it with uh wasteland 2 and Wasteland Remastered or Wasteland 3, people enjoyed those games because it was more like Fallout 1 and 2 versus 3, 4, and uh, New Vegas. Love me some New Vegas. Well, one, uh, Fallout 1 and 2 played completely different from 3 and 4 mm-hmm. in New Vegas. Obviously, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, I got in after after that. I didn't start playing Fallout until number 3, although partially, part of that is because I lived overseas and didn't get access to Fallout 1 and 2. Yeah, uh, but anyway, let's move on. Okay, so now some more Xbox-specific stuff. You know what, let's, let's see, what, how much time we got? 20 minutes? Okay, for there's extra time, I'll go over some other things, but let's go ahead and move into Starfield. Lock to what 30 FPS on Xbox One. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> Man, why do you have to start with the bad bad stuff first, huh? Wait, can we... Let's get it out of the way, Eddie. Let's get all the bad from that. What? I was hearing from uh, Digital Foundry, it might actually be good that they're announcing that this is the case. They're being upfront about it. Yeah. They, well, they actually went into an interesting question of, if you can't actually guarantee a consistent frame rate, it's better to just simply, uh, if you can't actually guarantee you know, consistent 60 FPS, it's better to just simply go down to a consistent 30 FPS and not try to do some wonky shenanigans of like, the supposed uh, performance mode where you're getting a varying degrees of 40 to 50. Mm-hmm. 
And it's in my mind, I know that some people are like 30 FPS on console. Uh, I mean, I'm like, one of those people. Well, that's why, that's why I'm not playing Zelda right now. <laughs> and losing out on so many good things. I mean, that's that's true. It's not untrue, that's for sure. But well, well it from my perspective, it's the fact that I like that they're being upfront about it because it's like, hey guys, the game will play. It's gonna be 30 FPS, but it'll play. Versus what happened with Cyberpunk. Well, it's an interesting question for Starfield because looking at a lot of the other gameplay uh, aspects to it, it's a lot more uh, kinetic than many of their previous titles. Like, there is a clear sense of speed and movement and, like, it's trying to be far more FPS than uh, RPG, essentially. Although there's like, there no... of RPG. There's still plenty of that. Well, there's no see- seemingly no VAT system. Uh, one of the things they were talking about for the Digital Foundry stuff, talking about uh, the technology going into the rendering and such, one of the things they actually stated was probably very beneficial. So th- this is, as they said, the first uh, Bethesda game they felt was actually uh, beautiful. Yeah, that says something. Well, yeah. it's the same, the idea that there are parts of the other games that might be good, but this is the one that genuinely feels like, you know, as a whole. Yeah. Doesn't that have- I'm going to be everything I'm going to say that I'm a Bethesda stand because they give me nothing but stuff that I enjoy. But I'll caveat to that. But I think a lot of what you're saying has to do with the fact that we're just in the latest generation and things have the ability to look prettier. I don't know if well, that's... Well, like, one thing they brought up was the idea of how many of the uh, initial trailers actually held up in terms of, you know, the Bethesda launches and things like that. Like, how well has Skyrim held up and mm-hmm. things like that? In terms of, I forget exactly what the point he was trying to make it, but it felt like he was talking how how well the graphical fidelity actually kept up and things like that. Because one thing they were pointing out in this one is that the use of a lot of older techniques for efficiency in terms of lighting and rendering mm-hmm. that you can find on other things, such as they were talking about uh, this sort of box rendering uh, not box rendering, but box lighting or something. I forget the exact term. I think it was in reference of like global illumination and other things like that. So dark areas aren't like super dark or, you know, you're not having to deal with ugly lighting and such. And how the fact that they were using a, uh, using this to make it more efficient while still having a much higher level of like uh, reflective reflections and such going on you're right i mean there's definitely effort that went into making it the way it is uh they even went in so far as to say that uh they actually received some help from id tech mm-hmm. no that's that's a hit line that's been going on the last couple of days yeah mm-hmm. so of course the big question to me is whether they can actually put their money where their mouth is with their claim that this is going to be the least buggy launch game for bethesda i mean that's not a bet i would take but I'm again. I'm also a guy that has forgiven that in the past. For well, yes, you're willing to forgive Fallout seventy six. Yeah. So yeah, your opinion doesn't count on this, right? Because you're going to play the game regardless of even if it is more buggy than Fallout seventy six. If I had any reservations about this game before this weekend, they all went away this week. I watched at least half of that of that forty five minute like breakdown that they gave for Starfield, and I loved everything I saw. So I'm I'm in. I'm gonna play the game. I'm, I know I'm gonna enjoy it. 
Will it be one of my ATFs? I don't know. Well, that is yet to be seen, of course. Well, we'll see how it goes, but I know I'm going to have fun. I know I'm going to enjoy it. In this case, since we have about, oh, 15 minutes, let's talk about the bigger thing in the room. The truly big thing. That's all you want to talk about Starfield? That's it? You don't want to talk about the ship combat, the piracy, the customization, the different ships you can make? A thousand planets, maybe. A thousand sandwiches. A thousand sandwiches, a thousand planets. Well, it's more like throwing a thousand sandwiches on one planet. (laughs) No, I... It's one of those things of like, I'm pretty sure if we don't at least talk about this, it's going to be like, well, you you guys are super hyped for this. It's Starfield. We finally have gameplay for Armored Core 6. Oh, right. Yes, we did. Oh, that was so good. Well, we technically had gameplay before with the other trailer, but now we have a lot more confirmation on how gameplay works because we had a lot of people brought behind closed doors to actually observe some gameplay. Yeah. And it it's one of those things of like looking at it, the fact that there's men- it's like it's only four minutes of gameplay. Well, yeah, but we essentially uh, got our fears confirmed with the fact that it is being influenced by the Soul series to a degree. Well, it is a question of whether it's being influenced positively versus negatively. Yeah, sorry for interrupting. It's one of those situations where from. Uh, a, a fairly large YouTuber that all of us have probably watched the video on. Uh, uh, he has stated that, yes, there is still like the traditional soft lock-on that Armor Core fans are all used to. Uh, but they've added in the Souls-like hard, uh, like hard lock-on, which also will influence various types of lock-on based off of his breakdown of his actual viewing of the gameplay versus the four minutes of officially released gameplay video that everybody else got to do. Well, one thing he did point out is that uh, when they were watching the internal one, the one behind the scenes, they got the actual UI. Yeah. While everybody else got, you know, oh, crystal clean game view, uh, footage with no UI for some reason. Because I guess the UI is not finalized. Either it's not finalized or they're very, very afraid that if people look at the UI, they're going to get turned off. But then again, this is Armored Core, which Armored Core's UIs have never been the prettiest thing. They're in more Dark Souls, honestly speaking. (laughs) But they've been functional. Um, And other factors is that he did also bring up some major things like uh, essentially care packages. That's a new thing. Generally, well, armored care packages and the fact that your robot does carry around a repair kit, a.k.a. Yeah. an Estus flask, which is entirely new for the series. Yeah, generally, most armored core missions are you start the mission, you are stuck with, your, uh, with what you have for the well, entire I- mission think it's entirely dependent upon the, the fact of where the direction is going for Armored Core 5, or it's the 6. 6, yeah. sorry. Uh, with 6, I feel like they're being influenced with the Soul series for a couple things. One thing in relation with what we're currently talking about is possibly mission length. Instead of like older Armor Cores where each mission could be as short as a few minutes, like less, sometimes even less than a minute for some of them. Uh, and we're not even talking about in a lose condition scenario. We're talking like you actually complete the mission under a minute. 
while other armor core things probably don't even last longer than 15. Like they're oftentimes very short and compact in comparison of say the amount of time it takes for you to get through a specific section of the game for Dark Souls. Like trying to get through the Undead Berg the first time with no experience and no knowledge probably is going to take you a significant amount of time compared to that, especially if you end up having multiple deaths in the way. And I feel like uh, with what they're going for six here is that the mission length is going to be slightly longer. Like it's going to have, uh, you're not going to have like a very short or sweet mission selection thing. It's going to be like a grueling, you're going to have to literally be a one mad Rambo more than usual. So admittedly that may lead into, you know, like speed run tactics of like, trying to complete a mission without using eh, eh, like any checkpoints or stuff but that's we, we won't know until we actually get more than what we've currently got. i mean they have actually announced that there are multiple ways through the mission so i'm guessing they're trying to make it so that you're not as locked down on a critical path as you could possibly be mm-hmm. so i mean they talked about one thing Vadi brought up that is critical for Armor Core 6 is that they seem to be simplifying down the customization, which makes sense. This is sort of like we're returning to the base game. We don't need to have go balls to the wall insanity in terms of customization. They're still going to have the sh- crazy amounts of numbers there because I'm pretty sure Vati also mentioned that we are seeing the simplified uh, customization menu. And I did notice in that menu, there was a toggle view, which tells me that there is probably going to be a much more in-depth stat vision that we'd see in other Armored Core games. But they did simplify the loadout from like some of the crazy stuff that 4 had, which down to, I think it was like 8 pieces? 9 if you count the... Uh, it was down to... Okay, there was... Four weapon slots, your two back slots, and your two hand slots. You had, uh, I think, four major mech slots, your core, your head, your arms, and your legs. So four slots there. Then you had your generator, your targeting package, that, and then uh, extra option slot. Like, it's supposed to be like, they didn't have one in the mech uh, during the uh, showcase, but... From the name on it, it was supposed to be like a heavy, you know, like it's going to be a super modifiable slot in terms of how to balance or unbalance your core from the sounds of it. Basically, give you special ability kind of thing, like uh, like missile jamming or uh, better uh, floating or jump jets or something like that. Well, I and that's the thing is that I. I thought there were actually five piece, uh, five uh, pieces. Um, cause well, I'm, what pieces are the? Do you think I skipped over? I think they still kept the right and left arms separate. Uh, that I actually can't was... think of a core a core game where you actually were allowed to do asymmetric arms. Uh, four. Okay, and I think five technically. Tri- but that, that was more because the fact that 5 also tried to give you a lot more of the stock standard. You don't have hands. You have gun arms. So 
Money Doc. Yeah. All right, is this switch to Mercury? Wait, what? Is this switch to Mercury? No. But no, it, it's more of like instead of having a hand to grasp off, it's you just have a gun mounted in the arms. But uh, I know that they did mention, uh, like, everyone was kind of, at least some of the communities where they watched it and were like, what happened to the radiator? And the the general response is, they ruined it, or, dude, you dumbass, they mixed it in with the engine. Fuck up. Uh, it is a good question of exactly how they've uh, constructed things. My guess is, is that they're trying to simplify down the amount of pieces. Mm-hmm. So each piece gets a much more uh, characteristic quality to them. Like, who knows? Maybe certain pieces do actually give better benefit for cooling. Uh, uh, the kind simplified menu. Yeah. Yeah. Where so, it's like, this chest actually improves cooling, but it's lighter than this chest. Or, well, I would say heavier, technically, without well, adding cool. more armor or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so until we actually get hard numbers, it's a bit hard to say exactly how complex the system is. Because for all we know, we're making assumptions here. Yeah. Right. But speculation is fun sometimes. This is one of those instances where it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I, and, and in coming from a guy who has, who has never played an armored core game before, like, hmm. I like what I saw. And when it comes to work, when playing a FromSoft game, at this point, thanks to to the Dark Souls franchise, I expect challenging but fun combat and and great environmental storytelling. So if they bring those two things to the, to the table in their Armored Core game six, I'm I'm gonna be fine. I'm really I think I'm gonna like this kind of well. Game. I think the environmental storytelling is going to be in a different sort of vibe compared to most uh, storytelling that you would get in Elder Ring and such. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There will probably be lore, but it's going to be more of like, like, whatever you fight off of, of like against an actual uh, core uh, person piloting a core, or like, this is one question that a lot of people have been asking: is is there going to be an arena? Is there going to be a ranking thing in six? Is nine ball going to be here? Patches, <laughs> where's patches? Considering that, like, Patches did show up in Armored Core 4, and he he was Patches. Um, because, like, you were supposed to fight him one-on-one, and he brought two other cores with him. And if you defeat the two other cores before fighting him, he surrenders. That's <laughs> uh, uh, beautiful. But as such, like, I feel that there is hope for both Starfield and Armored Core, because those are probably the two biggest things that came from some of these announcements. Well, I feel like with Starfield, they are desperately trying to make sure that it is going to go well. Yes. Like, they do not want another Fallout 76. They don't want this to become another No Man's Sky. They don't want this to come... They know that the hype is getting higher, but I think they're trying to control it as much as possible. They're, They're... They're trying to temper expectations while getting people really interested, which, yes, that's a very, very fine line to do, whereas Armored Core is just going, well, it's trying to essentially introduce a game that many people probably skipped over from the older generations. But they got so much goodwill thanks to their, you know, their Dark Souls game and Elden Ring. Well, originally, 
technically speaking, Armor Core used to be essentially the Dark Souls for From Software. It was the used to be their biggest life, their front line. So, yeah. And then Dark Souls came along and just they saw big, big numbers versus Mm -hmm. big numbers that Armored Core would bring in. Beautiful synergy. And that's the thing is that I have met people that they they tried to take Armored Core 5 and bring it into the mainstream by making it a online like group thing where you have to find people to play with and a uh an acquaintance of mine absolutely 100% goes there is no Armored Core 5 because of that thought process that went into it. The Mises they're writing it off. He he hated the control scheme. He hated the fact that he had to play, that most of all of the development went into online uh, combat matches versus the single player story mode and the zero arena that he has officially stated there is no Armored Core 5 or Verdict. Now, I want to talk about one last thing. Sorry, I'm going to cut you off here because it's almost stream time and I want to talk about one more thing before we wrap up. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to I want to touch on metaphor real quick because that was the third Atlas thing that came out that we didn't talk about last week because it hadn't hadn't yet been leaked or announced yet. Oh yeah, Project Refantasy. Yep, and for Refantasio marks Atlas's first ever full scale fantasy RPG. I'm just excited yeah. for it. I like the trailer; it looks neat. It's 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 got that slow persona DNA, sort of on slow DNA. I, and I I re- I hope that it has more Shin Megami Tensei DNA in it than Persona. So what do you mean? Uh, because the fact that since it's a fantasy, Shin Megami Tensei has little to interact with the school life thing that Persona does to, that handles it. Mm-hmm. So most of what you're being doing in S- uh, SMT is basically you're interacting with various quests or things in there to progress the main story. With Refanta- uh, with uh, metaphor Refantasia, Fantasio um, or Refantasy, because uh, that's how I knew it, and I thought it was canceled because they went dead silent on it for about a year or two. Um, cause it was announced along the uh, like right after Persona Five came out that they were working on this, but. Um, how are you going to inter- integrate a social slash day to day life in a fantasy world? It's my biggest thing. I mean, the question I have in front of me says that there will be bonds with friends, so they are doing it. It's going to be, and I even saw the trailers. There's social links. They call bonds here or true bonds. There will be. Yeah, bonds. I'm just wondering how they're going to handle doing those bonds because the way Persona handles it is basically. Oh, you have the normal day-to-day school life aspect, and then the dungeon exploring combat stuff whenever, uh, like, after school. Whereas with Shin Megami Tensei, there's, yes, I know there's no bonds and stuff, but they it, but there is a way of in older games, leaning to order or uh, chaos in them that's all based off of the choices you make. Yeah, the trailer doesn't really doesn't really hint at like what what that day to day will look like. If there yeah. is a day to day, if there right. is, do you think there would be have to? I, I mean, and again, the only two pieces of evidence are one: these persona people are making this, and two, the type they, they showed you know bonds, social links. Yeah, so they they had to be building around it. How well 
who knows? It could be one of those things of like, hey, you do these quests in the town you come in, and this is how you increase your bonds while you're, you know, adventuring. And so it's like you have to go to this town to get this event to get this bond up kind of situation. But there's a menu here in their trailer. There's a pause there right where there's a menu and there's there's a follower section and there's a calendar. So dates will matter in the game. Uh, that blend more credence to the social link aspect of this. Yeah. And that makes me worried because then that. You must be the only person to say this make you worried. If the game is like Persona, that's that's at least good. <laughs> like even if it's, I'm not saying your... it's good, but I'm feeling like with the fact that you're going to be like the way Persona blocks you off, but it makes thematic sense to block you off because like, well, you have a major test here, and so like you you get up to the major uh, like point of the dungeon, or hey, you defeated this, so now you just need to do social link stuff. Versus this one where it's like, it's a fantasy world. What's going to be the thematic blocks when it's like, oh, we have to like kick back in this town for like 48 days or so. I mean, we're getting we speculative, super speculative here because, I mean, they are writing this game and, and making it up. Oh, oh, they're making, oh they're making... that's an interesting thing that I just noticed. Whoa, whoa, what? Muddy and Mag. That's a uh, that's a Shin Megami Tensei thing by having two currencies. Mag, mag. Um, you don't think it's just short for magic? No, it's not. Mag is actually uh, the currency. Sorry, sorry. Okay, you want to explain? Uh, the main idea is is that okay? In many of the early Shin Megami Tensei games, the idea is that money is yet. It's like actual real world money. It's stuff like that. But then the apocalypse happens, and guess what? Your money is useless. Why? Because it's of a regime that doesn't matter. Humans don't matter anymore. The real money is mag now. Because that's the demon currency. Mm. And so in certain other versions, you have you still have yen and then you have mag. And mag is used for negotiating with demons. And yen is negotiating with human merchants. And Occasionally, it's it upon the game, honestly. Yeah. I've seen some where the demons go like, hey, can you give me a $100 bill? Because they're interested in what money looks like, but they have no value, uh, but they don't understand the value of it. So they'll ask exorbitant amounts of money from you. And it's like, here you go. And then it's like, okay, this. And then in some games, Mag was used for actually summoning demons. So it's like, Okay, I have these demons, and they have a mag cost of 580 mag to get them out on the battlefield. So, it's one of those situations of that, it, the the money and mag thing is definitely like Shin Megami Tensei influence there. Okay, there will be some split DNA here after. Yeah. So, it, it's there's a lot going on in this picture that, okay, I, I'm guessing part, uh, party is obviously like the active party. Follower could just be other aspects. That's that, that's a social link. Yeah. Uh, how how yeah. Pers- like in Persona, you can have your party, but then your social links can be people outside of your party too, yeah. including your party. So we'll see how this actively works. Um, because it, it could be that the calendar thing could be. Yeah, you have a one year in game to complete like the main quest, which 
that'd be weird to do, but I mean, we have Jorah's uh, uh, math. I can't, I can't see, I'd like to, the point I was trying to make to you in, you know, in response to what you were saying, I can't see whatever hypothetical thing they come up with to explain why there's a calendar, a set time of day, or like why you have some emulation of the school life thing. It yeah. won't be a, it won't be a deal breaker. That won't be a deal breaker unless it's not fun. If it's not fun, that's a deal breaker. But whatever concept they come up with will not be a deal breaker. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things of like for me, if it if this is a fantasy world, I don't want to necessarily deal with day to day minutia in order to power up stuff. I want it to be like, oh, hey, go do side quest stuff in this town. But that's but, not who these people are. This is not the, the studio that does that kind of... I mean, I, again, I don't know how they do with, with Shin Megami Tensei, but that could be different. Well, I think Shin Megami Tensei is now its own depart- uh, its own team, and they don't do that. They tend to just, here's the story, go do the story beat. Here's then, the side quest. Go given the side quest. that this thing is advertising that it's the persona people specifically working on it, you're yeah. better off betting on emulating that more than anything else. Although, like you said, we, there is evidence that they are taking stuff from elsewhere anyway. Yeah. Who knows how it'll mix up. Admittedly, I think I think it's mentioned somewhere on here that this is a, like, this is not the final screen that we're going to see, but it's definitely a very good uh, approximation of what they're going to be. The game comes out 2024, so there's, there's plenty of time for there to be more trailers, more reveals. More trailers, more changes updates things of that nature so what we see uh, what we saw in this trailer may change in the future speaking of future speaking of future this this episode is already long the tooth so any last minute thoughts before we wrap it up tonight nope yeah please don't buy or uh, buy anything from the bioware birch store that that's getting weird yeah that's weird don't don't buy dead ships unless you buy dead ships from your from your local artist at your local con go ahead and buy it from them they need the money Okay, everybody, if you're into that, bye, everybody. Right, bye, everybody. We'll see you here, here, check out Friday streams, Tuesday and Thursday streams, and episodes on Friday of this podcast. Catch you later. Bye. This has been a presentation of Front Row Geeks. Adios.